This is Self Startup. Hey everyone, welcome back to Self Startup. This is a podcast that highlights the small business owners, the self-employed and freelancers who've taken that plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast. You can sometimes see me play bass in the Australian Metal Band Lord, and I'm also a dispute resolution specialist. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can go to selfstarter.com.au where you can learn more about yours truly, as well as anything and everything to do with the self-employment world. This episode is with Russell Crosdale of Crosdale's Barbecue, which is located in Glacidia in the Hawkesbury in New South Wales. Now, in my opinion, Crosdale's Barbecue is the ultimate side hustle. When people have plans to start their own business, some of us look to the future and we envision a time where we can do it full time and do absolutely nothing else. But Russell's got a really different approach to all of this. Having been swooned by the flavours and the culture of barbecue cooking while living and working as a cook in North America, Russell wanted to bring his experiences back home and continue to enjoy cooking this food, which he developed a real love of. Already having a traditional job that was providing what he needed, Russell launched Crosdale's Barbecue as a weekend passion business that has grown in demand through the reputation carved out of quality American authentic barbecue food. So much so that at the time of our chat, Crosdale's Barbecue was booked out every weekend for the next four months. When I asked Russell about whether he has plans to expand this to a full-time gig, he was really quick to acknowledge that his main focus at the moment is to nurture his passion and to not compromise it in any way. That current balance between a Monday to Friday job with his weekend meat fests tick all the boxes and keep life exciting for him. Of course, nothing is ever ruled out, but why rush to expand something if you absolutely love what you're doing right now? Some of us could sit back and relax on the weekends, or like Russell, we could get out there and completely immerse ourselves in something that we love to do and make some extra money from it. As I said before, Crosdale's Barbecue is a pretty legitimate side hustle. For more information about our chat, you can go to the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au, including my key takeaways, which I'll get to after this chat. But for now, please enjoy this really, really cool conversation with Russell Crosdale of Crosdale's Barbecue. I'm Russell. I run Crosdale's Barbecue. Uh, we do authentic American barbecue. Uh, you know, we, we try and stay as authentic as possible um, to traditional American recipes we learned in North America. Uh, you know, I, I had a passion a long time ago to cook American barbecue. Uh, I moved to North America and, and I cooked barbecue there for, for just over two years. Uh, and then I came back. Uh, a lot of my friends enjoyed it. And, uh, I really just wanted to do something with it. Um, I do work Monday to Friday. I mean, it's just a weekend gig for me. Uh, but, you know, we're booked out now till, till the end of February. Uh, so every every weekend, um, but yeah, I mean, we we, we do authentic American barbecue. Uh, we don't try and do Australian spins on things. Um, we take American recipes, traditional American recipes, and then just create it here and and bring it to people's tables. 
it's a, it's a pretty cool niche to have and something that stereotypically, when you think about um, types of food from North America, that's certainly one of them and something that people would identify with just through pop culture and things like that. So it's something that makes a lot of sense and to and everybody puts their own spin on things and for, for you to make that clear distinction that I'm not going to do that and I'm going to make this as authentic as possible, I think that sort of adds a little bit of a point of difference for what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. When when we first started, you know, or when I first had an interest in American barbecue, uh, I was in Texas. I think it would have been 2009, 2010, uh, and really it just changed my opinion of food. And when you know over the next few years, I, I was still working. Uh, never really thought too much of it. I did cook on weekends. My friends loved it. Uh, I just got to a point in my life where I was like, you know what? I there, there's got to be something more that I want to do. Uh, and basically, within six months, I'd packed up and, and moved to moved to Canada, uh, and then travelled back and forth between Canada and the US cooking. Um, and, and really, I just wanted to, to keep my barbecue as authentic as possible, and take me back to those those flavours and those feelings I had uh, in the restaurants uh, and in the smokehouses when I was there, um, and, and really bring that to people who don't get the experience or don't have the opportunity to go over and eat American barbecue. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we just, we, we do things like they do it. We, we cook over uh, wood and charcoal. We don't use gas uh, and, and we can take up to 20 hours to cook. It's pretty cool. I was scrolling through your Instagram feed and just mouths watering with the amount of meat that's on there. I was like, this looks so good, so good. Yeah, it's just like it's a it's a meat loving paradise. Oh, I mean, absolutely. The, the sides and the salads are just there for a bit of colour. <laughs> uh, it's like meat sweats are a weekend or weekend adventure for us. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, so going back before. The decision was made and before even like your trips overseas to sort of yeah. learn the ropes i mean where where did it come from and like even just for you to have this thing on the side that you created yourself did you always have in the back of your mind that you were going to do something like you're going to create a business at some point in the future um i mean i when i when i finished high school i always had a, an interest in uh in music and, you know i went to tafe and i did music business there um, I did book a, a, quite a few shows in Sydney around heavy metal. Um, I did book a, quite a few shows, and, and really I had a lot of fun doing that, but it, it wasn't going to sustain me. Uh, eventually I got a, a full-time job. Uh, I worked at JB Hi-Fi for, for 11 or 12 years. Uh, but really it just got to a point where I didn't want to do retail anymore, um, and, and I wanted to do something different. Now, I, I could have gone back to the music industry but I, I felt that I'd been out of it for too long. Mm. Uh, I, I'd never really had an interest in cooking. Uh, I'd never had an interest in, in any of that sort of stuff. I'd always had an interest in the state. Uh, and then when I saw that there was a like a niche market for it, there was uh, my passion was there for, for, for southern food, but I couldn't get it in Sydney. So really what I started doing is I just started doing it at home, uh, and a lot of my friends responded real well to it. And... And I guess that's where it went. And, you know, over time, as my friends kept saying, look, this is real good, um, I thought, I might as well do something with this. Um, and, and, yeah, and, and that's how we ended up where we are. So 
going to the point where you've gone to the States, you've had that experience, but you've gone back again to Canada to spend time and live over there and learn the ropes. I mean, obviously that's an intentional plan that you'd made to travel over there. Did you sort of already sort of plan ahead that I'm going to spend this amount of time here, then I'm going to come back and then I'm going to create a business and you already had sort of a vision of where you're going to go? Or was it more of a case of as you learnt the ropes, you started to get more clarity as to what you're going to do eventually when your time was up in Canada and you're going to come back to Australia? Um, I guess when I when I got there or before I left, um, I always had the, the idea that I was going to go and I was going to learn how to cook barbecue the most authentic way that I could. Um, now, visa issues, I couldn't get into the States for, for longer than three months at a time. Uh, so really what, what I did is I set myself up in Canada um, and I learned from from Frank, from Hank Daddy's Barbecue in Toronto, who learned from uh, quite a few people in, in Georgia and South Carolina, those areas of the state. So really what he did is he transferred his knowledge to me uh, and then I travelled back and forth you know, between Canada and the US uh, cooking. Uh, but really, I, I never had too much of a plan to come back and, and do the business. Um, learning everything from Frank and seeing how him and his family did it um, and, and the way they ran their business, I guess that ignited a spark in me. I thought, you know what, look, I've, I've gone through two years of doing this. There, there's got to be something I can do with it. Um, and then just before I came home, I thought, you know what, I'll do it. So I registered a business name. You know, we we stuck with uh, my family name um, just to, I guess, keep our roots um, to, to show that it, it really is a family business, that we're proud of where we came from. Um, and then when I got home, we, we really hit the ground running. Uh, one of my best friends, he, he had a, his 30th birthday, and that was our first catering gig. And, and really the feedback from that was incredible and everyone there loved it. And, and I guess that's what we knew that we were, we were on to something. Uh, and then it's just, it's just been every weekend since. It's, um, I mean, it's pretty good validation, isn't it? When you get uh, that sort of firsthand feedback from you're in a circle that uh, you're on, you're on to good things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, my, my initial concern was like, you know, people have just been nice to me. You know, I've spent so much time uh, being overseas and, and cooking it. Maybe they're just saying, oh, you know, like this food is good. But, you know, when it's people that I don't know mm. and, and they have no reason to to give me positive feedback, when they come up to me and say, look, that's some of the best brisket or some of the best ribs they've ever had, I mean, that's that's the reinforcement we need to, to keep doing what we do. Yeah, it's pretty cool. What in those sort of earlier stages when you got back and you made, you know, registered the name and started to get things together, what were some of those early challenges that you had to sort of just get the momentum and get it up and running? Like just, I don't know, like what, what sort of things or hurdles did you have at that point in time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess one of the, the biggest challenges that we, we faced when we got back and, and that um, what I guess I still face to this day is is the quality of produce and, and the, the, um, the different cuts of, of meat that we use mm. now in the states you know they, they breed their animals longer they breed them bigger um, so you know their, their, their sizes are going to be bigger you know when we came back we, we're trying to really use American cuts of meat and then get Australian butchers to do the same thing for us now this was uh, halfway through 2016 or towards the end of 2016 and an American barbecue hadn't taken off and, and we were at a real struggle to try and find American cuts of meat we're at a real struggle to try and find American ingredients. Uh, and so we, we had to adapt. And, you know, even to this day, you know, we still search for certain ingredients. We still search for certain 
proteins that uh, we're used to using over there, but we just can't get here. So it's as authentic as we can make it based on the Australian produce that we have at hand. Yeah, and and I think I think that's our biggest challenge. Um, I mean, obviously there's there's new business challenge in setting everything up and finding equipment. Um, you know, it's it's also finding your feet and how to run the business efficiently uh, and, and cost effective. You know, when uh, when I was in in Canada and the US, you know, we ran food trucks and worked in restaurants, so everything was set up. You know, coming back and running a catering business from from basically a converted shed that we turned into a, into an outdoor kitchen. Uh, I mean, that that presents challenges in itself, um, and it. Summertime, you know, when we we got total fire bans, you know, it's, you know, how do we work around those? You know, do we cancel jobs or do we do we, you know, there, there's got to be ways that we can work around it. Where we didn't have those issues over there, um, I, I think the biggest issue we had over there was when it, you know, we were cooking minus thirty and minus forty, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, that that's a challenge, you know, in itself, but. We were working with people who'd done it for years. So really coming back and, and being alone and, and trying to navigate it all by ourselves, that was the challenge. Did you, like in those earlier days, and even now, like as the business has expanded and you, you got a lot of success, I mean, being booked out every weekend until February is pretty pretty good. Um, yeah. do, do you continue to lean back on the guys that you worked with in, in Canada, like as far as getting tips and getting advice? And I mean, it is a different market and different sort of things at your mm. fingertips, but as far as, I guess, just the ethics and the approach and all those sort of business things that you learnt over there working hands-on, do you lean back on those people still? Um, not so much for, from a business or a, a recipe point of view. I guess I, I lean on him more like a mentor. You know, we, we share success with each other. Um, you know, and I, I'm very thankful for the, the time that, you know, he and his family provided to me. Uh, we actually joined uh, a thing, a, a, a group in the U.S. called the National Barbecue Association. And, and each week they do conference calls with restaurants and caterers around the U.S., you know, some of those conference calls, they can be 500 people. Yeah. So really, we, we listen in every week and, you know, we listen to how they're doing it over there, um, the challenges that they face, and, and really, we just try and transfer as much of that knowledge back to us that we can. Um, they had a conference in, in Fort Worth in, in March this year that we went to, uh, and really, that was a, a perfect opportunity just to network with everyone and and find out how... People in the same industry, while we're, we're dealing with different markets, we all have the same challenges. And, and really, that's my support structure. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the team that I, I worked with in Canada, a couple of the guys that I worked with in the States, look, we, we, we do rely on each other. So I guess I don't look to them for guidance anymore. Um, it, it's more of a friendship now and, and a family sort of situation. Yeah, it's really cool, and obviously, you know, you've had you've had some time now finding your feet. So it's, it's sort of like a transition to the next chapter where you're really sort of probably, if anything, leaning on more sort of local resources to to understand and and uh, succeed in the, in the Australian market um, versus trying to get all that sort of information from from abroad. Where you know it's more of a, as you said, like a support network more so than um, sort of direct direct impact on how your business runs here in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, one of the benefits that we did have is, is my local butcher I went to high school with. And, and, you know, he's been great the whole time. 
he uh, he's learned the American Cup for us. He's learned different ways of doing it, and and really we we rely on him. You know, there's a few different caterers in, in our local network that are doing it, that are just starting, uh, and and I guess we just lean on each other now. So uh, working with those guys, you know, we we do have the same sort of challenges, just on different sizes. Uh, but you know, me doing it every weekend, you know, we're, we're not doing it six days a week. Hmm. Um, so I mean, our struggle is going to be different to, to someone else's, but it, it's good just to have other caterers in the same situation yeah. that we can, we can talk to it really anytime we can. Uh, and that, and it's a big a big help for for anybody out there just to be able to understand that there's people out there doing similar things and you can you can share best practices or even just a bit of a bit of emotional support at the at the base yeah. level just to keep you going because it's uh yeah, it can be absolutely. quite challenging. Yeah, and and I guess one of the, the the best parts about it is you can share your failures and work together to to get better at things. You know, we we've done plenty of cooks where we've we've cooked something wrong where it just hasn't come out how we want it to. And, you know, and sharing that feedback with someone else, you know, maybe they're going to get in a situation where that's going to happen to them. And, you know, if we can help them, um, like someone helped us, but I'm, I'm happy to share that information. Yeah, that's really cool. And so at the moment with the business, it's a, it's a weekend gig, so to speak. And that's when you're getting your business. And as you said, you're booked out well in advance now. Have you got visions down the track to expand it? I mean, obviously events usually happen on the weekends, but are you thinking about other, other aspects of your business that could eventually get to a point where it just becomes, you know, a, an absolute full-time gig as far as, you know, functioning mm. during the week as well? Mm. I mean, we, we, we definitely... Uh, we have those opportunities presented to us. You know, we, we get asked quite a lot to work Monday to Friday. Um, but really what we want to do is we just want to keep the passion, uh, alive in, in ourselves, I guess, and, and not have to rely on the, on the business to, to pay the bills and, mm. you know, just, um, become our source of income. You know, we love doing it. We, we do it because we love doing it. Uh, we all work Monday to Friday. So I think at this stage, and for quite a while, it's going to be a weekend gig for us, um, just because you know we don't want to tire of it. We we don't want to do it six days a week and then lose interest in it. Um, and, and we find by doing it on weekends, people are more excited by it. Um, that's why we we booked out so far in advance is because we're not oversaturating it. You know, people will book us and then get excited about it weeks in advance. And, and I guess that's what we kind of the mentality we want to keep and that's it's some pretty good awareness there and i guess you know and to excuse the pun it keeps people hungry <laughs> you know, yeah, as, far as, as far as the demand they know it's not going to be just an easy thing to give you guys a call and get you there the next day or the next week you, you got, there's, there's a waiting list there there's a demand there for what you what you're offering yeah absolutely it, there's there's, pla there's places in the city that do it you know five six days a week and you know I mean, some of, that's some of the best barbecue in the city. But really, we want to be as authentic as, as possible. So we really, we just don't oversaturate the market. Um, you know, we, we cook overnights on Friday nights and Saturday nights. And then we're back at work at Monday. Um, and, and we work during the week. You know, we, I guess we just want to keep the passion alive for us as well as the people that want to eat it. Um, and I think if we were to do it six days a week, like we used to do in food trucks and restaurants, mm. um, you know, working in, in that sort of food industry, I mean, it's hard work. You know, we're, we're, we're running fires for, 
anywhere between 12 and 18 hours. And, I mean, there's not much time to do anything else. Yeah, um, so we, we loved on weekends. We, um, we're always going to do weekends, but I think that's just how it's going to stay. Um, yeah. <laughs> How did you guys get, I mean, it's only, I mean, really in the grand scheme of things, you guys have only been up and running for a short space of time, but you know, yep. how did you, how did you get the word out there to get to this point now where you've got that, that level of demand? Like what, what sort of things did you guys do to, to, to get the awareness out there of what you're actually doing? I guess the, the, the main thing that we, we, we had two, two ways. One was my, my large network uh, before I moved overseas and, and while I was overseas, you know, I, I grew my my network of, of people back here and, and made them aware of what I was doing. So really when I came back, you know, people were already interested in what I was been doing and they wanted to see, you know, is it authentic? Is it, is it real? You know, is the food worth it? Um, and then secondly, it's been, it's been word of mouth. Um, you know, we, we don't pay much for advertising. We pay less than $50 a month, um, on advertising for Facebook ads for our events. Um, it, it's all word of mouth. People, people love it, you know. And we we will do an event, and you know, out of a catering event, we'll probably get eight or ten jobs out of that. Mm. And I mean, that's that's purely our setup, our, our professionalism, you know, us standing there explaining how it's cooked, how it's how to be served, how it's you know all the sauces and and what we do to it. And I think that's what sets us apart. It's, it's like the ultimate business card. I mean, you guys have to be there. You have to be in front of people and people are directly experiencing what your product is without, you know, you having to convince them that uh, down the track, they'll, they'll actually get to see the real deal. Like it's in front of them. So it's way better than just handing a business card over and then telling someone to do, to look you up later on. It's like, well, I'm here, we're talking yep. and, uh, and here's the proof, here's the proof in front of me. So uh, give it a shot yeah. and let me know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, working uh, in retail for numbers of years in customer service, you know, we we learned how to to treat people, and you know, we we've had negative feedback, but we've always got to it quickly. Uh, we we've got to the root of where their concerns lie, uh, and, and you know, we've always turned negative customers into positive customers, and they've always come back to us. And like I said, we we do it for the for the love of doing it, the passion of doing it. And to, to transfer those customers makes it worthwhile. Um, but when when people will book us, you know, the the main question we ask is, we want to be there. Do you want us to be there? You know, we we could cook, we could be like every other food service and just drop food off. But really, that's not the experience we're trying to give you. Um, yeah, look, our, our, spe- our food will speak volumes for itself. But really, we want to be there and we want to talk you through the experience. We want to share you know, smokehouse stories with you. We want to share how we cooked for 15 hours. We want to tell you what goes with what, and, um, find out what you like, and then recommend something for you. Yeah, I think that um, that definitely, if you're if you're somebody out there that's looking to, to hire, you know, a, a business like this, that could be a point of difference that makes, you know, somebody lean in one direction other than, than another. So it's not just about the food, it's the entire experience that, that yeah. adds the value. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, there, there's some of the places in the city, you know, they do incredible food, but really what we want to do is we want to give them the experience. Um, you know, we, we can turn up and cook and then just not interact with anyone. 
uh, and go enjoy the food, but they, they might not enjoy the experience. So really what we want to do is we want to be there and just give them that, that family sort of experience that, you know, that, that we're there to help them in, enjoy the food that's in, in front of them. You mentioned before about when you receive negative feedback from, from somebody from an experience and then addressing that as quickly as possible and then turning people around. Have you got an example just off the top of your head of somebody that you've, you've taken from, you know, uh, a negative experience and probably a negative uh, feeling of, of, you know, their interaction with you and becoming an advocate of, of what you're all about? Yeah, we, we, we actually had one in the, in the last few days where um, a customer had been at a, at a party uh, and all the, the product on offer was pork. Now, her concern was that, you know, everything we did was pork and, and she, she just didn't eat pork. Now, her, her review was, was, it, it was okay, uh, but it was based purely around the fact that she didn't eat a certain item. Mm. Now, we reached out quite quickly. Um, you know, we said, look, we, we appreciate negative feedback because, you know, we love doing this and really we just want to change the experience, you know. What was the concern? Then we, you know, we got to the bottom of it that she didn't eat pork. Um, and really what she did is then place an order for something else, uh, and loved it. You know, it was, it was beef and, and lamb. And really she wasn't aware that we did that. You know, she was in an event, everything was pork. Mm. So, I mean, it's that sort of, um, review. That's what we want to get to the bottom of. That's good. And it helps you guys understand, you know, is there something that you guys need to do in the future? Is there something from an awareness piece or what, what is it? And just to understand the motivation behind feedback uh, can, can help you guys just get bigger and better. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, you know, people will leave very vague reviews and, and you know, that's not to be anything negative. I mean, there's always going to be a reason that someone's going to review your business in, in a negative line, but it, it's getting to the bottom of it and really getting them to understand that we're people too. Um, and, and that we, we genuinely take concerns on board. Um, you know, if someone said, came back to us and said, there's, there's too much salt in something or there's something like that, you know, we would review that. Um, but the, it was a very vague review. We got to the bottom of it, found where the concern was. It really wasn't a problem with our product. It was a problem, a problem with the exposure of the product. So really we, we explained what we do. Uh, and then, you know, we turned around and then she placed an order for, for something else, uh, and then you know, left us a five-star review. So that's a that's a pretty damn good turnaround. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and really, that that came from years and years and years of working in customer service. You know, there, there's always going to be something that that people are unhappy with, um, but they really they just want someone to listen to them. Hmm. Uh, and and you know, like I said, we're we're a small business. We we do it for the love of it. We're always going to listen. We're always going to take any sort of feedback on board. And really, we just want to make it as best as we can for the, the people to book us. You know, people are paying good money to have us at their event. I don't want to, someone there to be disappointed in the experience. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, one thing, just going back to your customers, uh, customer service days and understanding a lot of this sort of stuff, and we've touched on it quite a bit because it's sort of the, the underpin of the whole business is your story and your journey and you know when you look on your website and you've got it it's really well laid out it's nice and easy to navigate through and it's it's pretty self-explanatory with the way that you guys have put your info there but the thing that is really and it sort of just ties into everything we've been saying is 
the big focal point around your business is your story. It's the lead up to the decision of, of, you know, launching this business and the reason why it exists in the first place. And it's your traveling overseas. It's learning the ropes. It's understanding how it is. And it sort of feeds into the authenticity of what you're trying to put out there here in Australia. Did you, is that, was that a conscious decision for you to have the story really sort of at the forefront of your business so people could really understand the context? Yeah, of course. I mean, we, we didn't come from food backgrounds. We didn't, um, you know, we haven't had recipes passed down from generations. Um, we, we never really, uh, me, especially the, uh, the rest of my team, uh, as well, but me, especially, you know, I never really had too much of an interest in, in cooking until I experienced it. Now, the people that we learned from, you know, they're third and fourth, fifth generation barbecuers. And, and really we didn't have that kind of backstory to, to I guess show that you know we're we're legit we're authentic. So really, what I want to do is I wanted to expose the business and show you know we're as transparent as possible. This is where we came from. This is what we're doing. This is why we love doing it. You know, we we travelled overseas. We spent thousands of dollars um, learning what we do to give you that experience. And like I said, I mean we we don't come from cooking families. You know, some of the places in the states that uh, I've networked with, you know, their, their families have been cooking this style of barbecue since the twenties and thirties, and those places are the authentic places that we want to replicate and and bring to people's backyards. Do you think that having that story and, and and using that as a focal point to give legitimacy to your business? Do you think that's really been a big advantage and an asset to to what you or the success that you've had so far have you attracted certain people that have that have really sort of fed in and uh and really sort of um, found a connection with with the story yeah I, I think the you know by by us showing where we came from and the people that we learned from and and how much we love doing i think that transfers across and people can see that we're passionate about it mm. uh, you know it's it wasn't an overnight decision to just open a barbecue place. Uh, it wasn't an overnight decision just to start cooking. Uh, I mean, it was three or four years in, in, in the making to get us to where we were, that we were ready to, to start serving. And uh, like I said, I mean, I've always had an interest in the US. I did student exchange when I was in high school to the US. And I, I've just been fascinated with the culture. And I think to show that we learned from people who have been doing it for 40, 50 years, you know, it, it shows that we're passionate and we want to give that, that experience that we were taught and give it to someone else. You know, someone, you know, Frank was, was, was very, very open with me, uh, in his business and his experiences. And, and he taught me and, and really that's what I've taken. And, and, you know, I'm happy to share that knowledge with someone else. That's yeah, that's awesome, and and I think I mean I'm I'm always big on the story. I think when people have got a story to tell, then that's where you get the personalization of, you know, understanding that there's just a person behind the business and the and the name, and and that's where you can connect better, and that's where you get more loyalty and repeat business. And people, it's it's almost like a a sporting team. You you want to back that that business, that person, because you and you you believe in what they're doing because you understand the story behind it. And I think that's it's yeah. such a powerful thing that there's still a lot of people out there that haven't quite embraced it yet. But um, that was one one of the first things that I noticed when I was going through your website and just getting a bit of a backstory is just seeing this thing as a, as a real big focal point about, uh, about what you do and, and what it's all about. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're we're proud of our, our failures. You know, we're we're proud of the fact that we used to cook in minus thirty, and you know, uh, we're proud of that. You know, with the first couple of weeks of us cooking, you know, we would cook food that we wouldn't eat. It, it just didn't taste good. Um, you know, I'm proud to stand behind uh, where some of our cooks have gone wrong uh, and, and some of our downfalls, you know. But it got us to a point where we are now um, and we're, we're proud to show it with everyone uh, and, and really just show where we came from and, and where we're going to go. One of the last things before we wrap it up and and I think this is something that a few I've, I've seen other examples of this um, happening and people using it to their advantage is partnering partnering up with other businesses. And I noticed towards the end of last year, you uh, worked out a partnership with uh, a local events business as well. Where so I think together you guys are doing weddings and and doing other yeah. events where um, you're sort of being brought in as an additional value add for for a function or an event. Yeah, yeah, and. and- Really, I, I mean, that comes back to the, the sort of family that was ingrained into, into me and, and, uh, and, and my team when we were overseas is, you know, people are out to help each other. Um, at the end of the day, everyone just wants to work together and make an event a success. And, you know, we partner with Rustic Event Hire, um, who, who do, um, furniture and, and, um, aesthetic hire for, for weddings and events. And really it's, it, our barbecue theme, um, you know, they were they were nice enough. We we knew mutual friends, um, so we partnered with them to to do events. You know, they they fit our theme, we fit their theme, and, and really we've done a few events together where the whole setup looks incredible. You know, it it looks like a like a barn, a, a traditional American barn uh, with a smokehouse in the back, and and that's what we want it to look like. Um, we've also we partnered with our butcher. So Munro's Meats, they they do all our meat. They learnt the cuts for us. They 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 learnt on the fly. Really, we would come to them with a certain cut that we're after. Not available in Australia. They would um, produce the the product that we were after, and that was something that we were happy with. Um, we I'm not sure that there's any others that we've partnered with. We definitely work with a lot of others. Um, to be as authentic as possible, but uh, they would be the main two that we that we partner with to to bring the experience to people. And I think obviously for for both of those businesses, having you guys add to them and add value to what they do. So obviously, you know, the butchers getting getting great business from you guys and consistent business, and that's obviously influenced them to to learn new ways of of uh, providing product to you guys. And then the event side of things, obviously, you know, just from an aesthetics point of view, having the additional value add of having this fantastic barbecue experience um, just adds more value to to them as a, as a business themselves. So it, it goes backwards and forwards. And I think a lot of business owners or people that are starting out think that it's just this lonely journey on their own and they've just got to work it out themselves and not really sort of interact with other businesses thinking that we're all sort of at rate, at sort of neck and neck with each other from a competitive point of view. And um, I think there's a lot of leverage that that everybody can get off each other. Yeah, absolutely. I guess my advice for for new businesses would be is is find your market, find, find your niche and then find people who are doing the same sort of thing in the same market and see where you can work together. Uh, like I said, Rustic Event fits our aesthetic. Um, I mean, they're, they're perfect. That's the kind of look that we're, 
where you want to go for. It's that wood, it's the old sort of barn style. And, and really, we just bounce off each other. Uh, with, the, with the butcher, like I said, I mean, we, we wouldn't exist without a quality butcher. Um, but we work together. You know, we, we send him work, uh, and, and he recommends us to, to his, his customers who want to have a party. Um, so really just find your market, find your niche, and, uh, and just work from there. And, you know, like I said, people are out to help each other, and not everyone is, is out to tear each other down. Uh, there's always going to be someone there that wants to help and, and make your business success as well. There's, a, there's enough food to go around. Absolutely. And <laughs> in American barbecue, there is more than enough food to go around. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go, but um, I think if anybody wants to, to utilize your services, uh, get in early. Make sure you give yourself plenty of lead time because uh, you're well and truly booked up for the foreseeable future. But um, I'll make sure everybody has got plenty of ways to, to reach out to, to you and, and the business and, and have a bit of a sticky beak. But Russell, really appreciate it, and uh, all the best uh, going into the new year. Mate, thank you so much for the for the opportunity. And, yeah, if anyone is ever after us, I mean, like I said, we are, we are booked out for a long time in advance, but, you know, we can, we can always try and fit people in. Uh, we want to bring American barbecue to people's tables. Our, our business slogan is bringing Texas to the table. So, you know, if, if the opportunity is there, let us bring Texas to you. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Russell Crosdale of Crosdale's Barbecue. You can learn more about the business by going to crosdalesbarbecue.com. I'll have the link to the website, including all the social media pages in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au, as well as my key takeaways. Number one, join an association or industry group. Starting your own business can be seen as a lonely road, but it really doesn't have to be. By joining an association or a group of like-minded individuals, in your same line of business, it can help you grow by sharing best practices, getting insights, and staying up to date with the latest changes. Best of all, it can provide you with inspiration and reassurance when times get tough. Number two, the story counts. One of the things that really grabbed me about Crosdale's Barbecue is Russell's story, which he shares on his website and through his marketing. When you learn about the journey, the purpose, and the why behind Russell's love for American barbecue, you can't help but feel more connected personally to the brand and want to support it. These days, this is Marketing 101, but your story is still underused when promoting your business. Make sure you let everybody know your origin story, your passions, why you're doing what you're doing. It's a fantastic way to build that loyalty and support. Number three, get hands-on and talk all about it. Russell does offer food delivery to events, but he always puts preference on being there to serve and talk to everyone about the food. They get hands-on and in front of people with their food to ensure that they can cultivate an appreciation of how the food is cooked, that origin story, and be there to answer any questions or best still, take advantage of any new opportunities. The ultimate business card. And number four, turning a frown into a smile. Russell has had years of customer service experience and explains that dissatisfied customers are just as important, if not more important than the satisfied ones. When a negative review or a comment is left somewhere, Russell ensures that he's reaching out to understand the criticism and to also take advantage of the opportunity to turn that unhappy customer into an advocate. 
And those are my key takeaways, folks, with Russell Crosdale of Crosdale's Barbecue. You can go to crosdalesbarbecue.com. You can also check out the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au. As always, I'll have all the social media handles, the key takeaways, all the links and resources from this chat so you can learn more about Russell and his business over there. But that's it, folks. Another episode done. Thank you so much for the support, as always, sharing this around. If you know anybody out there that's about to start on their own self-employment journey or create their own little side hustle on the side, a bit of of extra pocket money, please pass this on to them. And until next fortnight, folks, keep moving forward, take action, and we'll speak soon. Ta, ta. Larry. Larry, please.